0: You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What if Walt Disney Animation Studios decided to do Les Mis instead of The Hunchback of Notre Dame? You all voted for this one, guys. This was our monthly what if we put up there. You have a million options these days of what to choose. And I've been begging people to vote for what if... Disney did Les Mis instead of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, because I love Disney, and I love Victor Hugo, and this is just the collision of both worlds for me to geek out about. I'm really excited for this one, guys, so thank you for voting. This is Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks, and if you want to know how you can vote, the Facebook group is called Priest of the Geeks, and that's where we have all of those up on there, so check it out. I'm Joshua Noah, I'm one of the co-hosts of the Whole Church Podcast, also a host over here, and I do some of the producing stuff, and I am joined by the better Josh, the Josh with the good opinions, Josh Rosengrant. Welcome back, man. Hello, hello. Glad to and be here. And today, good. as I said, oh yeah, well let's let's let's, let's do this. What, what you been geeking out on lately? Uh, my my I'm on
1: fall break. I'm living on up, which means I'm just playing Factorio and just iron plates are the bane of my existence.
0: Mm, mm. I'm, I'm going to give a much more <laughs> boring Christian answer. So I I recently went to the, the Theology Beer Camp by Trip Fuller, and at the conference, I was given like 30 books, and it was primarily because people knew I was conservative, and I just asked for the most challenging books, so people just kept giving them to me. So now I have a huge stack of kind of progressive, more liberal theology that... Not what I agree with, but it's incredibly challenging that I am geeking out on just going through some of these are stories. Some of these are different theologies. Some of these are just here's some hypocrisy you can read about. And I'm like, oh, I'll just read all of it. <laughs> and uh, I'll probably be geeking out on that on a, for a while because it will be a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> so that being said, we are here to talk about two of my other favorite books. Actually, my favorite top tier books are those written by Victor Hugo, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, as well as Les Miserables. Walt Disney, during their Renaissance period, decided to do a movie on The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I, to this day, am still flabbergasted on why on earth they chose to do Hunchback of the two. I'm like, it's just such a wildly inappropriate story that it blows my mind. Disney was like, this. We need to make this, but for kids. (laughs)
1: Well, to be fair Le miserable is just everyone is miserable that may may in fact be the point yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah the, if you're going to do a victor hugo story disney's looking at choosing between one story that's about war blood violence helping the poor everyone being miserable or another story that's about uh lust borderline pornography rape and that kind of stuff and disney went with yeah Let's do the lust. Let's do that story beat for kids. <laughs> oh, and dear. I've always wondered what if what if they decided the other book. What if they decided to do Les Mis instead? And I'm I'm glad that other people also found this topic interesting <laughs> because I've been wrestling with this idea for a long time. I can't decide if the world as a whole would be better or worse, but I feel like it might actually have some significant impacts on our culture if it did otherwise. Because I think Les Mis is actually just a more compelling story, so I think as a movie, it would have done better than Hunchback of Notre Dame.
1: It's very possible, and it and as you said, it does have just a much better kind of message kick at the end of it, even if it is a depressing ending. Normally. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I, and I think I think boys at that age might get more into Les Mis because you know when you're at that age, you're not thinking about girls, you're thinking about let's watch these guys fight these guys, you know, <laughs> you know, violence. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So that being said, before we get too far into this, what was your relationship to these? Like, when was the first time you heard of the story of Les Mis or saw Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame?
1: Okay, so Hunchback is a much shorter story, so I'll do that one first. There's a decent chance I'd seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame once or twice when I was younger, but it was to the point where zero memory of it. I knew that the main character <laughs> had a hunch for a, a hunch in his back. And that was about what I remember, what I knew about that. And then I think it was about a year, maybe two years ago. Um, my roommate at the time in college, we had gotten to a habit of when we were when we'd go to bed, we'd put on like a movie and I would watch it all the way through because that's how I am. I don't sleep until it's done. <laughs> he would fall asleep yeah. ten minutes in. And so the movie of the night was he was like, oh, wait, this is Hunchback of the Drum It's so good. I was like, I don't remember anything about this or if I've ever seen it. He's like, oh, well, now you <laughs> just have to see it. And so I watched it from like one to three in the morning. One morning, uh, you know, when I had an a.m. the next day, because that's just, you know, college. Yeah. So that's that. That was Hunchback what did you think of drum. it? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think there's another answer to that. I don't think there is another answer to that. No, it's just it's just great. The bells of Notre Dame.
0: Hellfire, man. Hellfire. Yeah. Such a good song.
1: So uh, I I you know I watched the Les Miserables movie before today to prep for this one. I think I'll watch uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame when we're get we're done recording because <laughs> it's been a while. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, it's a good decision. <laughs> So, Les Miserables, as I said, I did just re- very recently rewatch the movie version of Les Miserables. Um, but my first exposure to Les Miserables would have been I was, I would have been in, in uh, middle school, roughly. And a close friend of mine, his older brother was a high schooler, and he was actually in the theater department. And so he took mm-hmm. me to see the play that his brother was doing, which was Les Miserables. And to this day, and it, it is very well done. Possibly just because of it being me being young and being like, ooh. to this day, I still think that was the best version of Les Miserables I've ever seen done. So good. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then, and then I, and I just loved Les Miserables. And, you know, I, like, a while later, I was like, man, it's been so long since I watched Les Miserables. Let's watch that again. And I was like, so how do I watch it now that I'm just, you know, they're not that's not in our theater anymore. That was years ago. So I I was just looking for how I would watch Les Miserables. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like I'm going to dash off to Broadway and see a Broadway production. So I just found the Les Miserables movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Why not? So I found the Les Miserables movie and I watched it and I was just kind of like, okay. I mean, some of it's really good. Yeah, that happened. Uh, Yeah, that was the thing that happened.
0: I was just going to say, and I think without context, the movie probably would be great. Like, if you hadn't read the book and you hadn't seen the play, you probably would just like that movie. It's a good movie, unless you've seen the play or read the book. And then you're like, like, what? And it's like, it's fine, but there's so much better it could
1: be. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is one of those. Actually, I'd be interested if Netflix or somebody did a series and actually took the time to fully develop the story. That might be really interesting.
1: All right. You got to get on your Netflix contacts and be like, all right, boys, I know what you're producing this week. Cancel it.
0: <laughs> just cancel, cancel it. it. You're producing this
1: now. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> nope. Stop. Let Mister <laughs> Rob time.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: So we both agree that the movie wasn't very good. But we were t- we were talking before recording, and I think we decided that you and I have very differing
0: opinions on why
1: the movie isn't very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't like. Um, <laughs> Hugh Jackman singing I loved that. I loved that part. Yeah, I gotta admit, I thought Hugh Jackman's, the, it, and it's not his
1: singing, it's bad. It's, it was kind of like the way it was, the way his parts were written. For me, they, they felt very atonal and off from the rest of the actual music of it. Whereas huh. you know, my, my favorite person singing the entire time is Russell Crowe,
0: Javert. And I, I think he is he astoundingly good. Easily the best part of the movie, actually, though, was Hugh Jackman singing. But it was yeah. Hugh Jackman singing after the movie when he decided to do, I, I forget like what this was with, but it was like a spoof of one of the songs in the movie of, am I Jean Valjean" or am I number whatever? And instead he does, am I Hugh Jackman or am I Wolverine? And I love that Wolverine's <laughs> back now because I'm like, yeah, you're Wolverine, bud. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bub, I should say. Bub. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I yeah. Well, what's weird for me is part of why I didn't love the movie. Actually, the main reason is I feel like it really limited the religious tones of the movie. Um, We were even talking beforehand. uh, Bishop Muriel, huge part of the book. He's like the whole first part of the book is just his life. And then in the movie, he's only referred to as a bishop. And it's like, wait a minute. What? This is like the driving point. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) this is so funny to me because i haven't read the book you know i i'm usually pretty big on
1: on read the book but i didn't know i didn't know les miserables was a book until like oh yeah recently it's so i have a leatherback version i just know you know i was you were just like oh what about what about the specific (laughs) that is a nice leatherbound version but i was you were like so what about that 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 specific bishop and i'm like you wait you mean that one priest guy who shows up for like two minutes in the beginning of the, like, act one. And you're like, yeah, yeah, th- yeah no, but he has, like, a whole book about it. am like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, so so the Les Miserable book is 1,236 pages, the one I have. It is a huge book. It's a nice-sized novel. And it, let me just say, Victor Hugo in general, everything he writes, every sentence is just dripping, just beautiful. Like, you could almost take just any random sentence and be like, yeah, let me just quote that. In fact, I might try to do that right now. Give me a second. I have the book with me, if y'all are wondering. <laughs> well, I can't say that word, so I'm going to pick a different <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Interesting page. i, I decided to. Um, okay. Uh, he took a drink and went on. I consent to live. All is not at in on Earth since we can still talk nonsense. It's literally <laughs> just the second line I picked out of nothing. <laughs> And, that is a and I'm just word. like, yeah, that's quotable. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no context at all. And I'm still like, I love that. And that's just how Victor Hugo writes. Like, both Les Miserables and The Hunchback of Notre Dame are just phenomenal works. We're not here to gush about that, though. We're here to wonder, what if Disney <laughs> did Les Miserables? And what's we'll interesting be a is... a culture shock? Yeah. Well, what's interesting, though, is of, of the two works, Les Miserables and Hunchback of Notre Dame, thinking about the two movies... I feel like Disney limited the religion aspect less than the live action movie did. Because you can see Frodo is still a huge part. They yeah, still kind of hint that maybe Quasimodo is Frodo's son. And the entire yeah. like this is my favorite Disney villain song is Hellfire. And it's a song where he's talking about my lust for her is like fire. Hellfire in my soul. And I'm like, um, OK, Disney.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Like as as much as. as do you, as they, do you they think they would limit
0: the religion more in Les Mis? since it's not as necessary to the story or do you think they would have kept it in there?
1: No, nah, I think I think it ends up looking a lot like the movie we have where like the bishop shows up for 30 seconds and then that is the only religious aspect of it for the most part. I think that's what that they, what they'll end up doing.
0: See, I I think Disney would keep it depending on when they made it, when they made the movie. Disney now would would definitely limit it. <laughs> oh yeah, Disney nowadays um, would not even make it. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I'm thinking of like the old Robin Hood movie. You know, they had the friar be a pretty significant part of that movie and was actually they just showed him as a really good guy so that it showed him more as a victim when things happened. And I think they would do something similar with Bishop Muriel, where they would show what a great life he lived, how good he was to the community. So that when you see that Jean Valjean robs from him, that actually makes a bigger impact that he has been robbed. And you love this character. So you want to be mad at Jean Valjean until Bishop Muriel shows him grace and love instead and you're like well dang I want to be mad at this guy but if you're not mad at him how can I be mad at him <laughs> and I think Disney would have highlighted that at some they would have done it some just like they did with the friar in Robin Hood.
1: and I, and I will say of the le Rob movie that we have they do make at least a small point of the theme so when Bishop Muriel you know forgives him and doesn't get him arrested basically when he has yeah. an easy chance, he's like, yep, cool. Thanks. Bye. And then he would be done with it. He specifically uh, tells Jean Valjean, uh, I have saved your soul for God. And this comes this comes back up later in the movie. It's brought back up, I think, at least twice uh, by Jean Valjean when he's getting to later parts, specifically um, the, the time I remember he is looking at he has to he could save someone else or he could keep his current position as Mr. Mayor and like the factory owner, Mr. Mayor guy, Uh, and he thinks about it and he's like and he brings it up. And in while he's trying to figure out what should I do here? Do I keep my status and my ability to provide for all these people in the factory? Or do I save this unjustly accused man? And he's like and he thinks about it and he eventually decides, no, I can't. I can't let somebody else take the fall. He runs he runs there to take the blame and they laugh him away. But he tried.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and forgiveness is just such a huge theme, even if you take the religious out of it. And I think that's what Disney would have highlighted. They would have highlighted the forgiveness over the religious, even if they kept Bishop Muriel a little bit more significant in the beginning. Um, one quote that I really like that. I think this this is the one, you know, Disney likes to sit on a quote or something. Mm-hmm. This would have been the Disney line. The guilty one is not he who commits the sin. But he who causes the darkness, they probably would have reworded it because that's what Disney does. But I I like that the guilty one isn't the one who did the wrong. It's the one who causes the darkness, because sometimes by not forgiving, you're the one who caused the darkness. Yep. And that's where I'm like, man, such a good. And I think Disney would have found a way to highlight that. And I I don't know. I'm really curious. So so part of why I loved Hunchback Notre Dame as a kid, it was one of my big movies was Hunchback and Notre Dame. And then later on, when I was in college, I had a friend over a campfire tell me the story of Les Mis. And I was like, uh, that, that wasn't enough. I need more of this story, please. So then I found the book. And then I found the play. And then the movie happened. And I was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what? But uh, anyway, I digress. I, um, part of why I loved Hunchback as a kid were the gargoyles. I loved the gargoyles. And Disney always finds those characters, right? That, that they're going to like, we're going to make this just silly, goofy thing. We're going to put it yep. in here and kids are going to love it. And people are going to buy merch and that's what they're going to like. And it's usually a an character. Been, yeah, yeah. What would have been What would have been that in Les Mis? What would Disney have picked? For their real, lovable, merchandisable character for Les Miserables? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking he might have had a talking horse, maybe. Perhaps. I don't, the, movies, because the movie this would have been During that, the Renaissance right. period, so it would have been before Tangled. So right. They wouldn't have done the horse thing yet. So, they very much mm. could have had a talking horse. I'm, I also could see them doing like a, like a rat or something. Yeah, that, I'm tempted
1: like, to go with a rat because there, a lot of it, a lot of the movie is concerned with the guy kind of going through the filth, you know, at least metaphorically or literally, and of the yeah. city.
0: Yeah, and Disney does love to do this where they they add a character that helps do some of the narration, basically. So that you're not just as kids watching, you know, watching Jean Valjean go through stuff and trying to figure out what he's feeling and doing. Instead, you have this little rat going, wow, that probably made you feel really crummy. Ha 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 ha. Jokes. I don't know. I I clearly I I don't do Disney. Like I love Disney. I'm clearly not part of their creative team for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, but I could see it being a rat and then it would make jokes and it would bring and would make all of the stuff a lot more obvious so that kids would get what's happening.
1: I almost wonder if they would lean even more heavily into uh, Eponine and her like her everything about her, just have her internal monologue all the time, because she she's involved, at least in the second half, in basically everything to some degree or another. She's she's uh, just a street rat on uh, in Paris, and she could easily just see all of Jean Valjean's stuff going down. In addition, just as a spectator.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I could see them. They definitely would highlight that. I, I think the um, the two people who try to rob him in the sewers and all that—that that he comes back across near the end—I can't think of their names. Oh,
1: <laughs> the master of the house and his missus. I can't think of their actual names, but those two. Yeah,
0: as Disney characters, I just thinking about like how bombastardly silly them as villains oh, oh, would have yeah. been. Because like, that might be my favorite part.
1: They're already just very silly, kind of so close yeah. to being the lovable scoundrel. They're just a little bit too, too bad to be the lovable. But they're like the, you love to hate them kind of
0: scoundrel. And you know what? They definitely would have had a song about thieving. That would have been like Disney's greatest villain song, but you would have been like, yeah, yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> yes. I just, I can't, like I'm imagining it like a very, almost like the aristocrat song. Yes. Uh, but 'cause because that whole scene, but for bad guys. <laughs>
1: Just very, I could I could see yeah. them taking the master of the house song and spinning it right into just very aristocrats feel like.
0: Yeah, yeah, very very goofiness. Oh man! So what, what else? Do you think there's anything else they would do that would have made tried to make Les Mis more kid friendly? Or well, they definitely would have had to, um,
1: either they would they would have had to to clean up a little bit of the intro, especially ev- everything regarding um, Fontaine. Because I don't, I don't think they would go on, they'd go into straight up depicting prostitution in their in
0: there. Yeah, well, yeah, I think movie. prostitution was a huge theme of Hunchback, too. And they kind of just vaguely skipped, right. like they skipped over it and made like really vague references. So I think the adults could pick up on it, but kids had no idea what was going on. Yeah,
1: I think that's exactly what they end up having to
0: do with Fantine. Yeah, and I think a lot of the fight scenes probably would have been like Mulan. Because, you know, Mulan had a lot of war and fighting oh, yeah. in it. But it still wasn't like a bloody movie. Like you still didn't like no. shake you up, really. So I, they they would have done something like that for the fight scenes, I imagine.
1: Now I'm just thinking about Mulan. Man, Mulan was one of my was like in my top three <laughs> Disney movies
0: ever as a kid. Well, and that's the other thing. A lot of those songs at Mulan, because, you know, they they tried to do like a lot more military kind of sounding stuff. Of Yep. Hum, 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 hum. I'm trying not to sing for people. I got to save their ears. <laughs> but I, I could see that kind of same, not style of music, but the same beat tempo would be kind of the music that they used for this. Because it would be different music. Because I don't think they would have done the play if Disney had done this movie. That's true. But I think the music, music would be original have. Disney songs.
1: Oh, that is kind of sad because, like, because there are some really good songs in that
0: play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but that does make me wonder if Disney did lay Mis* would they have instead done a play of Hunchback of Notre Dame? And would that have been the movie with Hugh Jackman?
1: Hugh Jackman as
0: the Hunchback. Oh, see, I was thinking him as a Frodo. Oh, dear. <laughs> him being the creeper. Creepy oh, fire. oh, yeah. Him singing Hellfire. Oh, man. Yes, please. Not, I, I would I like, like, I'd like to order Crow. one of those. please. I want Russell Crowe singing Hellfire because that Ooh. just seems well, perfect. Here's brain. what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe. Uh, I'll give you my address. You guys come over, and the Joshes, the Josh I, if you will, mm-hmm. will uh, will listen. You guys can do auditions, and we'll tell you who gets the part. That seems in fair. our what yeah. movie? That seems very fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, see, now I'm wondering. Like, I feel like Hunchback would have been a much more inappropriate play, and it absolutely would have been R-rated movie. I don't remember if Flame is was R or not, but Hunchback it, would have
1: been. No, that's not.
0: Hunchback absolutely would have been because they, they would not have skipped over some of the uh, assaults and stuff that took place. I feel like if it were a play, if it were live action movie kind of stuff, they would have just been like, you know what? Let's go full dark and really show this. See, then I wonder. So the themes in these and mo- in, in both of these are religious themes. Because Victor Hugo was living in French, France, in a very unique time in religious religion history. God, I wish I could speak. That would make podcasting so much easier.
1: Eh, who needs um, to do that to the
0: podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, so Les Mis has all these themes of like helping the poor, of greed, of war, um, of people going hungry, all of that stuff. Hunchback and Notre Dame has all these themes of, you know, the lust, all the stuff that we talked about earlier. And I'm just wondering if Disney made Les Miz and they highlighted these themes of forgiveness, of love, of helping the needy. Would it have made an impact on our current culture? Would children growing up with that story more familiar with it? Would we have a better generation of people right now? like
1: People who like see forgiveness as, as more of a virtue than we do in our culture?
0: Yeah, that, that's one I'm wondering. Uh, see, I'm unsure because I feel like them doing Hunchback seem to have made very little difference. But also, I don't there. think they were able to go as far into Hunchback as they could have done with Les Mis, because yeah. they had to tiptoe around so much.
1: Yeah, I definitely think, you know, today we get a lot more stuff con- where vengeance is a very big highlighted theme. Yeah. And I, and I do. Yeah, and I do yeah. wonder if we had such a big hit in our culture mm-hmm. of forgiveness in a Les Rob movie into, I mean, because what's For the kid was, yeah. When was it when was uh
0: it made Hunchback? Movie? Hunchback was nineteen ninety six, yeah, nineteen ninety six.
1: Yeah, so today so today's today's grown ups as when they were kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and because I think it would have been a much bigger hit, because it is a more compelling story, I think it might have made more of a difference there too. Because I think hunchback some of us kids liked it for the statues, you know, but Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. But I I feel like Le Miz as a kid, I'm thinking of me. I was a four or five year old boy when this came out. Uh, yeah, all the fighting scenes, the cool villains doing their funny little song. I would have remembered every bit of that movie. Oh, yeah. So I, I think also I think it would have done better. And I think that might have might have made a small dent. The problem is, unfortunately, even the best intent movies and stuff don't really make that much of a difference. I feel like. No. But it's more to
1: change all of like if you can't change an entire culture with one movie, it has to be more of a series, a progression of the culture.
0: Yeah, a systematic ecology, if you will. Um, Yeah. Now, I do think, though, if if in general, on on a more personal basis, I think people who are more familiar with stories like The Hunterback of Notre Dame and Les Miserables, I think it challenges you especially, I want to backtrack this. I think Christians who have encountered these books, I think it challenges them on the fundamental flaws that the church has had in such a way that I think it does make Christians better Christians for reading these or knowing these stories. Because both of them are challenging the church in a way. One's challenging the church for getting away with sexual assault and hiding it, which, hey, the whole Baptist thing happened this year. That's extremely relevant. Hunchback and Notre Dame should be booming right now. Um, Les Miserables is challenging people taking advantage of the poor and, you know, all these priests who are doing things to kind of have their own money and all this. And it was showing, especially the beginning, when you have Bishop Muriel showing the opposite of that, what a good pastor looks like. And showing it in contrast to all these ministers who weren't doing it for as noble causes. And it just kind of shows this difference of what is the church and what it could be in a really meaningful way that I think just people being aware of these stories could make a difference in church culture. I'm curious outside of the church, if maybe it would just make people like the church less. That might be the only impact that had. <laughs> so, you know, I'm could thinking as a, as a non-Christian seeing wait, that's what the church is doing? What? <laughs> you know. And
1: it's funny, in Les Miserables, the, the innkeeper and his wife, the, you know, kind of the dastardly duo characters, yes. they make an entire point, uh, at least twice in the movie, about how they're, they're good Christians. And they, they make they make a whole point about, uh, you know, when they're especially when Valjean is there trying to uh, kind of liberate Cosette, as it turns out to be they're, yeah. they're just like, oh, yes, we're good Christians. And then they they rob everyone blind. And that, I think that's once, as you were saying, that's when they're challenging the church, the hypocrisy.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting is and this is what I think we need more of is that Victor Hugo was a Catholic at the time of writing these even. It's not someone who's like, oh, I hate the church, blah. It's not necessarily the deconstruction movement of let me move away from Christianity. This was someone in the church pointing out where the church was messing up. And man, do we need more of that? Yeah, internal <laughs> and, accountability. Yeah. And I wonder, do you think do you think it's more helpful to point it out in story like this as opposed to all of the 5000 essays that gets written on Christianity Today and other websites?
1: Probably. And I mean, for for. For two reasons, one, is more palatable for people rather than just pointing a thumb directly at them and being, "It's you, look at what you are <laughs> doing," um, yeah. giving them kind of a a metaphor for it instead, kind of like you know, you know, telling someone what's what they're doing wrong in like a parable form.
0: Who could have done yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, man, that sounds like sure something is. Jesus liked. Eh. You know, it's actually to go back to our theme of C.S. Lewis. It's something C.S. Lewis talked about where he was talking about the he has like a doctrine of imagination. And he's talking about how usually we all have what we already want to believe. And we use reason to reinforce what we want to believe. So reason stands guard our mind, but story, imagination can kind of sneak past the guard and really get in there and touch us in a way that our reason doesn't know how to address head on. And it allows us to rethink and reshape who we are as people. It honestly, for better or for worse, Disney's done a done a fabulous job at that, where it's told stories with meanings and has influenced culture as a whole. You know, um, it, it's not a coincidence that in the '90s, when a lot of us were growing up, Disney did the Renaissance period, and their big messaging was let's show everybody all these different cultures and diversity. And now, what's some of the biggest problems in politics and everything today is. We're trying to show diversity, and we're doing the um, uh, what's what, what's it called? Um, it's not identity politics, is it? I mean, that is Represent- one of them. I yeah, don't know it's what you're just like for represented. Them. Yeah, like well, they're just trying to have people be represented for the sake of having them represented. Some of it is good to show diversity and inclusion, and Disney was getting at something there. But my point is that Disney has done a really good job at influencing our culture as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's because there is true power in stories. So yes, one story, them doing one movie of Les Misérables might not have influenced the culture of forgiveness. But if Disney did a ten-year campaign on all of our movies, are going to show how powerful forgiveness is? I do think it would change culture, and I mean, in a meaningful way. they're not so going to do that. though.
1: <laughs> so now we t- we talked about what would it look like on the culture end, but let's let's kind of back it up a little bit. What would it look like for Disney? Because Disney, as it is now is quite a beast like on um, a cultural level it has a lot yeah. going going on for it uh just powerful and not always the best but uh, what would it do you think disney itself and you know the subsequent movies they released would have been significantly changed by making les Miserable instead of hunchback
0: maybe so i also just full disclosure i just always love disney but Uh, It does have its flaws. I think, unfortunately, I think the movie it would have impacted the most might have been Mulan, because they already had a big war movie if they did Les Mis. And during the Renaissance period, Disney's big thing was trying to show difference in every movie, trying to show a diversity. So I don't think they wanted to do two war movies. So I think it would have changed Mulan a lot. That would have been tragic. Yeah, because it was such a good movie. It is. But... And because I think they would have been bigger characters, uh, I wonder, I don't think they would have included anyone as one of the princesses, but I feel like Jean Valjean would end up in a lot more of their merch and the little rat character we made up. And of course, those two villains that were goofy, they would have ended up on a lot of things. And maybe, maybe Marius. Yeah. Nah, not Marius I wonder. Not yeah. The uh, I think those two goofy villains that we that <laughs> that we keep talking about mm-hmm. uh, was the, is that the innkeeper? Is that who I'm thinking it's of? The innkeeper and his wife. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they would be part of Disney's Halloween night. You would see them walking around. Those would have been two characters that would have made it. Seems likely. Yeah.
1: And I have no idea how to pronounce this, but I did find the names of those two characters. Uh, I'm going to go with it with uh, Thénardier and Madame Thénardier. So (laughs) it's easier or harder.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 neither. It's just neither. Yeah, I, I also think in a weird way, it would have felt a lot more French than Hunchback of Notre Dame did.
1: Yeah, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, like other than
0: the fact that, you know, it's in Paris and in Notre Dame doesn't feel French. Yeah, Although that might have been intentional, too, because Beauty and the Beast was already part of the Renaissance period. And they might have been like, well, we already did France, but then why would they do a movie in France again? So they still did it in France. So I don't know. I think it might've felt more French if it would have been Lamez. Which might have made it more into Epcot's France area. We might have had like a little Jean Valjean's diner or something. And you might the innkeepers. Have, uh, they definitely would have had oh, a restaurant. Yeah,
1: the inn. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Oh man. Um, I'm thinking that I'm thinking they're also gonna have like the barricade that gets built of just, yeah. you know of just all of the
0: <laughs> rubbish. Oh yeah which because there's fighting scenes would have totally made it into some of the fireworks shows. Oh yeah. 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 That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. Okay. So if Disney made Les Miserables, what is your favorite animated scene from this made up movie?
1: Favorite animated scene exists. I mean, <laughs> I, I am a suck. I'm a sucker for, I'm going to, I'm going to speak of the play specifically as opposed to the movie. I'm a sucker for the big ending where all of the characters are doing something at once and it's all overlapping in at least on, on audio level it's all overlapping and it but it comes together anyway. So I'm thinking I'm seeing this grand finale showpiece uh where, where yeah. all the, all the ending is going on. We have the very end of the very end of the battle. We have I oh, can't think of uh <laughs> the whole thing that I can't think of apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah. I okay, so I'm I'm torn. Of course, I, I'm going back to the innkeeper and his wife's evil bad guy song. Ooh, that would just have been it would have been too be too funny. That might be It would have been too also. funny not to love that scene. I'm also sticking to my guns. I think Disney includes a little bit more of Bishop Muriel at the beginning. And whether that just be a narrating piece of He was a bishop who gave all he had to these people who only possession he maintained was this, you know, if they did a cool narrating scene like uh, the Black Cauldron, or if they would have done something where they would have just shown him doing some acts of kindness or or he traveled the one mountain no one would to go see this tiny village because technically they're under his care and he needed to see them. They would have shown some scene to show how caring this guy was. That scene would have been really moving. And I think it would have set the pace for the movie. I would like that a lot. too. All right. I think. I think that's it for me. If you're ready to wrap it up,
1: I think we can. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, uh, what if Disney made Les Miserables? Uh, we would have had some really funny songs. Um, Mulan might have been worse. Tragically. Our culture might have been slightly more forgiving, and more people would know who Bishop Muriel was, and that that would have been <laughs> a positive. So, with that, guys, we're we're going to wrap this thing up, starting with recommendations. Naturally, I want you all to read Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, but for my actual recommendation, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit weird since we're doing history, we're doing war and that kind of stuff, um, fictional war history. Uh, Stephen Pressfield's The Afghan Campaign, it is a fictional story of a character during Napoleon's conquest of Afghanistan. Very interesting context, really cool story. Check it out. I'm just
1: trying to wrap my head around that one. Uh, so you got to read it. <laughs> apparently. Uh, so my recommendation, it's it's a bit more laid back than some of them. So they recently just put on Netflix a show that I've been I've been meaning to watch through a decent amount of for a while. Uh, Forged in Fire. If you don't know what Forged in Fire no. is, you take the basic the basic formula of any cooking show. And instead of it being a cooking show, they are forging bladed weapons.
0: Nice. And it's super fun. (laughs) Nice. And coming up, you and your brother-in-law, Joe Day, are actually going to be doing an episode about cooking shows in November, the cooking month. Uh, Ah, yes. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you want to hear more from the Josh either myself or Josh Rosengrant, the Josh with the good opinions, soon you'll be able to go to SystematicEcology.org. Right now, the website is down. We're doing some maintenance stuff. But... Soon you'll be able to go there. There's a drop-down menu that says host. You can hit that tab, go down, click either of our names, and it'll have all the episodes that we're on, everything else that we do. So check us out over there. You'll see also all of the, on the awesome websites, achievements
1: uh, of all of the other hosts, and then me, who's just here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's gonna start putting all of his uh his video game trophies on there. <laughs> just take oh dear, snapshots no. and just post them on there. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Anyway, if you want to let us know what you've been geeking out on, or just to ask us more about what we're geeking out on, maybe. I don't know. There's there's a contact tab on that website as well when it goes back up. Soon, soon, we'll be doing all kinds of Thanksgiving fun. We're coming up on the end of our Halloween drive-in series where Joe and Sari will be doing the movie Halloween. So that'll be a lot of fun. And of course, I love Thanksgiving. So you're going to be hearing a lot of me next month. Get ready for a fantastic Thanksgiving special, all of that stuff. And and do us all a favor, and remember, we're all a chosen people, a Geekdom of Priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.